0: The, the white boy got game like and it's yeah i was looking up some of the the top stats like yeah lebron doesn't have a game like that and this guy he's balling so it's it's good to get the new life in there good evening everybody this is ac3 savage uh, coming live and direct with the ktsc av podcast as always well, we're missing a couple of people. Uh, shout out to them taking a leave of absence temporarily. But we got the number one most consistent podcaster that we have here tonight. Go ahead and introduce yourself, sir.
1: The most consistent. I've been wearing this mask. I think this is like the fourth week in a row doing this podcast. It is possible to wear this thing out in public and not pass out. We we record from like for like 30 minutes to an hour. To sometimes longer and I, I've worn this mask four weeks straight and I have yet to pass out so put your damn mask on
0: Exactly, so uh, we got a loaded presentation for you guys tonight a lot of uh, things to talk about um, So we'll start out with uh, a new album dropped out a few days ago uh, There's been blazing up the charts, uh, especially to people that are older hip-hop heads uh, so what we'll do first is uh, we're going to re- review quickly King's Disease by Nas. So, Marcus, I'll go ahead and pass it over to you. What are some of your thoughts, likes? Is this a classic like I've heard from some people? Just kind of give your general thoughts.
1: Uh, I, I, I like the album. It's a fine album. It's, uh, it's Nas doing what Nas does. Like, if, you're, if you've listened to Nas, you kind of know what to expect from him. There's nothing really new outside of the, uh, the production from uh, Hit Boy, he did the entire album. Uh, I like all the songs for the most part. It's a it's a solid album. Uh, I saw a tweet; someone said that Anderson Pack is hot sauce because he he goes good on everything, and he does. Like I wouldn't have thought that Anderson Pack and Nas could make a great record together, but they did. Like Anderson Pack is just that guy. He's going that guy is going to become a legend. Um, but yeah, this Nas album is pretty solid. It's really good. Uh, I've only I've only listened to it like three times. But I mean, like you said, uh, someone someone I guess you saw someone say that it was a classic. And let's let's not do that. This, this album hasn't, hasn't even been out for uh, more than a weekend. Like right? it's been out for a few days. Like come on, guys, let's stop. We don't need to rush to call this a classic. I'm gonna go ahead. Like if I had to say it's a classic, I'm gonna say no. Is it a good album? Yeah, but I mean I'd still like to listen to it more because you know it is nice and he does have uh his, his songs are a lot more layered and you have to listen to them more than once. But yeah, I'm not I'm not calling I'm not calling any album a classic after 72 hours.
0: I agree with you hundred percent. And I must admit before I kind of get into this, uh my thoughts on it. I've been a little hit or miss with Nas over the last few years. Um, so some of his projects I've listened to, some I've just kind of I don't know. Like to me, I agree with you with Nas. It kind of is what it is. I have to be in a certain mindset to listen to his music. It's not something I can bump in the car. It's not something I'm pulling up to a you know a restaurant or, or doing anything with. This is something that's going to be deep, relatively conscious. He's going to. Feed your intelligence, I guess. Uh, with that being said, this was probably one of the better Nas projects that I've heard in the past decade easily to me. That is because uh, the production was great. Um, if I can recall, the album itself is only 13 songs, 38 minutes. So it's not even it. I mean, it it just it goes well. Thirty eight minutes. That's almost less than three minutes per song. Uh, as far as on average, so it goes really quickly. Uh, it's sequenced really well, um, and he gives you what you want as a Nas fan. So, I think it was a good album, as far as a, a classic is concerned. I think one thing that I need to do is I'm actually looking for stellar production from Nas, like. I'll use an example. Um, a few years ago, he was on one of DJ Khaled's albums, and I forget the name. I do apologize for that. Uh, but he had the song. What was it called? With the ooh na na na. That's the way that we rock when we do Was Nas' album almost done? I believe. Yeah, album done. That was damn near flawless. That track was so nasty to me. Like it made me want to go out and buy a, a get a signature fade. And I'm ball headed with a bevel (laughs) because it was a major key. And maybe that's the name of the album, but it it was phenomenal. Or like sometimes i hear Justice League or Olympics or or some of the teams that some of the producers that do some of Ross's more high-end beats. And I'm like, dang, if Nas could have something like this for an entire album, it it would be a classic because with Nas, you know, you're going to get bars. It's just, am I getting bars with too much of the New York style beats that just don't flow well? I understand I have some older friends that were kind of like, this is a, a more mature album and things of that nature. But it's like, I still want to hear some some decent music. I still want to hear some elevated rap music to go along with the bars. So like I said, it, it, it's a good album. I mean, if I had to rate it, uh, four out of five easily, like, pretty good job, Nas. I've ran ran through it twice, and that's one thing. At first, I used to think that South Breeze was an idiot because he would always complain about sequencing. He would always complain about album length, you know, albums being too long. They're not flowing together. And to me, this is kind of a a good formula for other rappers to kind of do is, and, and you know, since South Breeze isn't here, I have to say Kanye West was an artist that definitely pioneered this <laughs> with because he, he definitely dropped like you'll <laughs> be like, okay, I could do this because it's so short. So, a uh, shout out to South Breeze. We're gonna say Kanye West today to keep the hope alive, keep but the street going. Yes, I like the 39 minutes, I like the 13 songs. It, it didn't feel like a chore to listen to, and that's wonderful
1: yeah I, I think i messed up with uh, the first time i listened to it I, it was in the car so that was that was kind of my first mistake like you you nas is not a play in the car artist like that's not what he is he's not that guy like mulatto on the other hand she sounds great in the car but i had to uh listen to nas on uh uh headphones to really get a real uh, appreciation and like more uh understanding of what he's trying to do and i'm also glad that he didn't try to uh, dumb down what he is and who he is like and try to you know do like amigos flow type you know on a song or anything like that like don't just he's he he picked better beats he has better production but just do what you do best like don't try to be something that you're not
0: and even the features were kind of well placed too because you know i was shocked to hear Lil little dirk on the album but The the features with Anderson Pack, with just the different people that he had, it it went well together. So this one, it it did work, and I do agree with you. A lot of times, I feel like, and, and this is one for Jay Z. I felt like on Magna Carta, his flow was a little strange, and it was sounding like he was trying to do stuff that was more up to date. And it's like, bro, just stick to who you are. You know, you don't have to worry about stepping outside of your lane you're the king you know you're you're a king you're the king and that's what Nas did he didn't he didn't dumb down his flow he didn't speed it up uh he just kept true to who he is and like I said I felt it was a pretty good album I wouldn't mind listening to it again because it's so short so
1: 100
0: now with what you just said mulatto now I will say I didn't know what was going on with you. When when we were talking about it in the chat, I thought you guys were talking about like a mixed woman or something. So I didn't know. <laughs> um, and then like today I seen something with her and some man that looks like a woman or something. And they were like walking together or something. So um, I don't know anything about Mulatto. Once again, excuse me for my lack of expertise in that field, but what did you want to say about Mulatto today?
1: Uh, I mean, it's just uh, it's another uh, solid project. I'm not sure if it's her uh, debut album, but uh, it's a it's a fine album. It's uh, it's a southern rapper from Atlanta. Uh, She's got a she's got a good flow. She's got good features. Uh, 21 Savage, Gucci Mane, The City Girls, Sweetie, Trina
0: you know what so i do know who that is because yeah she had the album cover and kind of looked like the gucci man so yeah i've heard one of her songs it worked pretty good i'm sorry go ahead yeah a lot of people
1: were kind of on the fence with her doing that with her like kind of because that like her roll up up to this to the single was her doing like remaking a bunch of gucci man album covers and stuff like that and people were like what are you doing why are you doing this like you know and then it turns out she had a song with him playing off of his uh, "Freaky Freaky Girl" song. So uh, it was it's a it's a cool album. Like if you're if you're in the club, it's got some songs for that. If you're in a strip club, it's got some songs for that. Um, she's a she's a pretty good rapper. Like it's a it's a fine album. I, I I've listened to it probably uh, three or four times since it came out. I mean, I I enjoy it. It's a it's a solid album. Like. I, I definitely recommend it to, to people that are into that kind of, you know, Atlanta trap sound or whatever. But it's it's pretty good. I like the. Well,
0: that's good, and also it, it's it's kind of good that we're getting a lot of variety from the women because I mean, once again, headlines as usual, uh, WAP or WOP, and people are still hating on the song no matter what. So it's definitely good to see that uh, female artists are evolving, uh, they're honing their crafts, and to me. This is like the evolution of women's rap music and R&B. Like they're dominating, all of them. Like they're dropping dope projects. Uh, Of course, the singing is on point. And it's just remarkable. So just to piggyback off that, because I know it's a lot of women that were teenagers. And you have uh, Netflix came out. Brought back a black classic in Moesha. Uh, You got the Corey Miller, Kim Kardashian, uh, Monica Denise scandal or whatever the heck, whatever the heck is going on with them and Master P. Out of nowhere this week, they decided to do a versus. You got Monica versus Brandy. Uh, So I'll kind of tap in first. Um, I think... When you think about a versus battle, this is actually a really good one because these are two artists that kind of came in the game together, honed their skills together. They do have a song or two together. It to me, it's a really good matchup. Like it's, I would kind of fear because I don't know their music as well. I mean, I know like all the hits, but just saying like the deep cuts, I would wonder if they could do twenty and twenty. But just if it was 10 and 10, like this is this is what Versus was made for. Like these are two artists that and I understand that Brandy just dropped recently, but these are two artists that kind of came around at the same time that are a little off the radar and they finally get the opportunity to shine. So what are your thoughts on Monica and Brandy uh, next Tuesday, August 31st?
1: Uh yeah, so uh this is probably gonna be the most uh Evenly matched versus if you look at like the numbers, uh, if you look at like the uh, they, they have like something called the hot sheet where they have the uh, it's pretty much the, their billboard stats. Uh, Brandy has 17 total entries, Monica has 16. Brandy has two number one hits, Monica has three. Brandy has four top five hits, Monica has five. Brandy has seven top 10 hits, Monica has eight. Uh, Brandy has nine top 20. Monica has nine. Brandy, like it's. If you look at those kinds of numbers, all like up and down, they're very, very close. Like mm-hmm. they, they came. Like you said, they came in at the same time. They've pretty much been uh, dominating their genre at the same time. They did have. They, they did have some sort of like you know beef. I'm not. I'm not sure if it was like some personal beef or just industry stuff. But uh, I think that's. I knew
0: they be- did the boy mine. I thought it was like a made up thing. I didn't know it was real
1: yeah I guess that was more uh <laughs> art imitating life instead of uh life imitating art or whatnot but uh yeah i think I think it'll be really close. I got my money on monica but uh i, I think it's gonna be cool that they're they're both gonna be uh in the same room but kind of like uh, I,
0: I love and I'm sorry to interrupt i yeah. love that they're doing that now it cuts down on mm-hmm. the uh technical difficulties and things like that so I really love that they're doing the same room.
1: Yeah, it just makes things a little bit easier, smoother transitions. Uh, it seems a little bit more um, like you get a little bit more interaction between the two. Like they, you know, they sound better being in the same room. Internet connection. I'm sure there's other professionals there that can help kind of guide them. And you know, I think it'll be entertaining. I think the people that are, I mean, if you're if you're a millennial, you're you're probably going to tune into this. So it'll be a good one.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Um, growing up, I mean, I, I cannot remember Brandy's first album. The Wasn't it Brandy with Sitting Up In My Room? Wasn't first album called Brandy? Yeah, sounds right. I, I, I think so. But the album with Sitting Up In My Room is really a really good R&B album. I mean, there were hits on both ends. Like, I know some people are saying, oh, well, oh, well, Brandy doesn't have a So Gone in the collection, uh, which I do agree, like So Gone, the beat, just everything going on, the lyrics and everything, it was a it was a wonderful song. I, I love that song. Like I don't know who did the beat, but just a little do 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 I love it. So I look forward to hearing that. Uh, definitely thank you for uh, coming in with us, uh, Mrs. Wapp. And happy belated birthday. How are you doing today? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just out here black. Um it's black and, and great. So okay, so we were just uh kind of touching and and talking about this monica versus brandy, uh with yourself being are you a millennial? I don't even know. Probably not. <laughs> yeah, but, I am a millennial. <laughs> oh, okay, well. Bear. What are your thoughts on the monica versus brandy uh versus? I think it'll be fun. I I hope it doesn't turn
2: into a whole like which it, it already is, but, you know, like a who's better than the other. Because I don't really see um, Brandy and Monica as similar artists anyway. I just think they are two ladies who came up during the same time. And so people kind of, like, put their faces together when talking about that time of music. But I don't – I think Monica makes her lane of music, and she's really good at it. And I think Brandy makes her lane of music, and she's really good at it. Um, and they may have some overlap in terms of, like – song choice. I, I don't know how you would phrase that, but I don't know. I think Brandy and Monica are two great equal, but separate artists, if that makes sense.
0: Agreed. Definitely. definitely.
2: But I am right. a Monica Stan. And so, you know, like, I don't really care what people say afterwards. Monica won, So.
0: Okay. I don't think I've ever met a Monica <laughs> Stan before, but definitely nice to meet you. So. They call us the goons. The goons, yeah, because you know they call Monica Goonica, so her fan base is
2: the goons. I made that up just right now.
0: Oh, okay. I'm you, you know that. I know that she obviously likes people that are in prison, but you know, it is what it is. We can't, we can't control who we love. So, ready to get into the meat and potatoes of this podcast today. The reason that we brought you here to Get your opinion on some things because we definitely value your opinion as far as from an NBA perspective, WNBA, and just in general. You're a wonderful person. Happy belated birthday once again! Thanks. I, I told myself I'd be nice to you this week. Okay, that's so, great. <laughs> did you catch? Did you catch the maturation of Luca tonight? Man,
2: Luca is so fire like I knew Luca was a good player like you'd be crazy to not think that Luca was going to be you know great at this job but man he came in gimpy on like a a half sprained ankle and he like I don't even know how to put it into words but he has made the Mavericks such a good team like the Mavericks were already good but Luca takes them to another level they're about to demolish the Clippers the Clippers had their final chance tonight like, this was their last chance. The Mavericks are about to give the Clippers fits, okay?
0: Mm, I, I don't know. I mean, they
2: I they think won game I one.
0: Think. But they definitely uh, – the Clippers definitely won game three. I don't know. It's tough to call. Um, but, Marcus, what are your thoughts on, on Luka, the superstar? Yeah, I sent uh, you a message where one of the friends of the podcast, Freddie Bricks, a shout out to Reduce Lunch, claims that right now, today, this was two days ago, that Luka is the best player in the NBA. Today. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, uh, I don't – I'm not sure if the, uh, if the Mavericks are going to win this series. I had the Clippers winning, I think, in five or six because I thought that, you know, you know, we all know about playoff P. But I thought, you know, Kawhi, Kawhi is an elite player. He's a superstar. He should be able to overcome that. But uh, after game one, I thought game I thought game one the Mavericks were going to steal that one until Porzingis got kicked out. And then, um, yeah, this game, like, and then, and then Luca got hurt, I think, in game three. He had, like, you know. He didn't. He didn't play that great, and you know he did get hurt. And I was like, all right, so this series is over. So Luca's coming in injured, and then Porzingis didn't play this game. And what what was his stat? Let me look. His stat line was uh, forty three points, eleven assist or thirteen assist, and seventeen rebounds. That is insanity. That is total insanity. Like, that's – you're never you, – we've never seen a stat line like that before. And he's not uh, –
0: LeBron James? I
1: don't know. I don't know about 43-17 and 16, or 43-17 and 13. Look it
0: up because I know he, he had, like, a few monster games. But I think
1: Luka
2: uh, is leading in triple-doubles in the bubble. I'm pretty yeah. sure he is.
1: And you, got, you also got to think that this is his first time in the playoffs. Like, he hasn't been here before. And Well – let me rephrase that. People, people are kind of forgetting that Luca was a professional, a professional basketball career. player overseas. So he's been in big games and big moments. So they were just overseas, and just because we didn't see it, doesn't mean they didn't count and don't have you know importance. So that's a good experience for him. But just that that game when it shot that he hit to be down by one, and they hit a step back three, like that's a. If your name is not Steph Curry or James Harden, that's a bad shot. Like, if you're the coach, you're telling your player, you're taking your player out the game if he does that. You're like, what are you doing? But Lucas Luca can do it now. He can do that. That's what he's able to do. He's proven he's proven that he can be the man in the playoffs. And I honestly, I thought it was a thing where it's like, all right, well, the Mavericks built a good team around him. Uh, you know, they got him Porzingis. Uh, I love Steph uh, Seth Curry's game. I always thought that he was he's – he's been developing over the years, so I was like, he's going to be a good player. Rick Carlisle is probably the third best coach behind, like, Doc Rivers and uh, Popovich. Yeah. Like, Carlisle's a really good elite, elite coach. And I was like, you know, they're just making him look better. But as time goes on and the more you watch Luka, like, it's – Luka's just an elite player. He's clearly – A top 10 player, Uh, you probably could make an argument for him being top five. Uh, I'm not ready to go to the length that uh, Freddie is as far as calling him the best player. But this this game that he just had tonight, those are one of those moments where you're just like, he's in the conversation now. Like he played injured without his second best player against another elite player and uh, another all-star. And he and it's not like he was wasn't guarded by Kawhi or guarded by Paul George. They both had their turn on him and they couldn't stop him. He was unstoppable today.
2: Yeah, I mean to go back and clarify, like I when I said that the Clippers had their chance tonight, I really do mean that I think they had their chance to rattle the Mavericks tonight. I think tonight the Mavericks got a lot of confidence and they now believe, even if they did before, like they have definite proof in their minds at least that they can beat the Clippers. And they are, you know, wrong in thinking that. Like, again, this was a a Luca who probably hit the game winner, went to the locker room, and had to unravel mountains of tape around his ankle. Because that ankle is not 100%, whether he played through it or not. I just don't believe that it's 100%. I don't even believe it's like 80 or 75%. I think he's playing hurt. And he's playing amazing basketball in that state. So the Clippers had a chance tonight to dead any and all confidence and any and all conversation around how good they are and can the Mavericks beat them and is Luca this and is is that and it's set No, tonight was their night and they didn't do it. And I think the Mavericks come out swinging the next game and the Clippers have now, they have more to play for. Like the Mavericks, they're playing from a pure confidence standpoint. The Clippers are the team that are fighting for their lives right now because if the Clippers don't make it, then the criticism comes on them. <laughs> If the Mavericks well, lose the series, it's like, whatever, it's cool, you know, it's the Mavericks. Yeah, if
1: the, if the Mavericks lose the series, like, literally nobody had them right. leading to the second round. Like, everybody, as soon as Paul George and Kawhi went to the Clippers, everybody was like, well, they're going to the Western Conference Finals. A lot of people had them going to the finals and winning it. So I think there's a lot more pressure, like you said, on the Clippers to, you know, uh, reach their expectations. And the Mavericks are kind of like... The fact that the that the series is tied two two and they did it without Porzingis, that's a win for them. And they're and Luca's putting on a show. Like Luca's not, he's not a like he's a he's a very high usage player and he has the ball in his hands a lot, but he will get his other teammates involved. Like he's not a selfish player. Like he gets he dishes the ball out, but like at the end of games when it's winning time, he's going to do what he needs to do to win. But throughout the course of the game, he's going to help. I just don't foresee uh with his with his leg injury him being able to sustain this level of play.
0: Because it's gonna be hard to bounce back.
1: Yeah, like this, like this game, he's probably going off of adrenaline. But at right. some point, that knee's gonna flare up or swell up or something. And when you're injured, like you just can't keep playing on it for that. At some point, you have to rest, and he's not gonna really get that amount of that the, the needed rest he needs to recover fully. So it's it's like, you know, is is his knee or ankle gonna hold up better than Paul whatever Paul George has going on with him? Because if Paul George can just if Paul George plays average, just play like an average NBA player, this series is gonna be over in six. But if Paul George continues to play like he's been playing, it's not gonna it's not gonna work out for the Clippers. And it's <laughs> It's bad for Paul George. It's bad enough that he's playing bad on the court, but then he's also getting cooked by Seth Curry. Who is letting him if, know about it. And he is letting <laughs> him know about, about it. it. If you do not know their backstory, like Paul George was engaged, well, not engaged, but Paul George was dating Seth Curry's current wife. And the reason Paul George and Seth Curry's current wife were are broke up is because Paul George got a stripper pregnant like d- just all that just to, and that's and that's the beauty of the NBA like the circles are so small everybody knows each other and oh another thing Seth Curry his wife is Doc River's daughter that coaches for the clip like there's a lot going on here so that's the storylines for the NBA playoffs are always great and that's just another one that they got going on right now right now.
0: I'm totally st- uh, stunned after hearing that, because if that was the <laughs> case, I'd have been like, hell no, I don't want that dude on my team. But you know what? They did what they had to do to get Kawhi. I honestly love chaos. So I absolutely hope that the Clippers lose. I I, I relish in the fact that playoff P is-, is looking bad. Like, I like it. You talk the noise, your playoff P, your big time. And you're performing like the Pacers, Paul, George, we knew you were. <laughs> Just a, another one of LeBron's acolytes, you know, or, or his minions, because he clearly dominates you. I can't wait. And honestly, it feels good to have these new teams that are having uh, success. Like even Denver, like I, um, one of the players I really followed, and I was hoping that some team I kind of like, Hornets would have drafted this guy, but Denver got freaking Bow, Bo, And I'm like, man, he's good. You got uh Porter. I think he's good. Is, is it Porter? I'm tripping. Is that Michael Porter Jr., right? Yeah. Yeah. Michael Porter Jr., I felt like he's good. He's supposed to be a top pick. They got an interesting young catch. They they got some ballers on that team. I was hoping they would do good, but they didn't. But it does feel good to have new life in the NBA. Like I, I like the fact that we have this Mavericks team. Uh, Even though Prazingis isn't quite what we thought he was going to be in New York, he's still a very good player. Luca, Luca, Luca's good, man. Luca, you know, I know we be kind of racist with it. We be a little prejudiced with it. You know, we was like, hey, white man can't jump. He's the great white hope. Or like Montrell Harrell said, you know, get that shit out of here, white boy, whatever he said. But the, the white boy got ganged. Like, and it's, yeah, I was looking up some of the, the top stats. Like, yeah, LeBron doesn't have a game like that. And this guy, yeah. he's balling. So it's it's good to get the new life in there. Um, for all of our Atlanta listeners, I still don't think it was a bad trade your way because Trey Young balls too. But Luka is a beast. Like, what? when I made the list earlier of players that were better than him, I was ridiculed for saying Harden is better than him. I'm going to take that back. Harden's not as good as he is. He's, he's a better scorer, but Luca's, Luca's the man right now. And if they win this series, I will say he's top three in the NBA right now.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to – and I'm not, I'm not saying that Luca and Trey Young are Michael Jordan and Akeem Olajuwon, but I think it's going to be something like that in the future where you never hear Houston fans complaining about them not drafting Michael Jordan because yeah. they got Akeem Olajuwon. Oh, yeah. They don't really complain about it that much. So I think it's going to be the same thing between Hawks and uh Mavericks fans. So I think they're both happy with who they have. I just think that uh this is going to accelerate the clock on whatever the Hawks are doing because Trey Young is looking at that team and what they're doing. They both came in at in the same at the same time, they came into the league at the same time. And the Mavericks clearly have a better coach than the Hawks do. Uh Lucas running mate christos porzingis is is better than anybody the hawks have right now but i mean trey young is also a great player in his own right but if he continues to you know keep losing the way he is it's going to put a lot of pressure on the hawks front office to either get him help or to oblige him in getting him where he wants to go because you you, when you draft players that good as you know trey young and luca and, you know, Donovan Mitchell or whatever, you got to be able to build around them so that they stay there. So they want to stay there for a long time. And we're in an era where, where players are not afraid to leave this team. I don't care if you drafted me. I don't care if you drafted me high. If you're if you're showing me that you're not going to build a winner around me and I'm wasting my time, I am going to leave.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, personally. I mean, Same. leave. <laughs>
0: And I definitely want to give a shout out to the Golden State Warriors. Thank you for securing that number two overall pick. Uh, hopefully, they can flip that into a great player. That's exactly. Or, what gonna do. That's exactly. The rich always get richer. I don't know how the hell the Hornets ended up with number three. They're, they're cursed, but you know we'll we'll dive well, into that on another. They could
1: get a ball. They could get um, uh, what's his name? The other ball boy.
0: They're gonna do something stupid. I already. Know. <laughs> It's sick of Houston. I mean, well, not. Houston, I saw a draft board that
2: had Lamelo going. Is it LaMelo? yeah, Lamelo going number one, which I don't know, but it's either
0: him or Edwards, I believe.
1: Yeah, well, either way, I think uh whatever the Warriors do, I don't think they should draft a player. I think they should take that pick and uh trade that pick and Draymond Green for something. Like this is your opportunity to get under get from under Draymond Green's contract. Because Draymond Green is done. He's done in this league, like he's done being that guy like it's time to move on this is your if you don't do it now then you don't care about winning in in the future and in the long run you need to upgrade at that position you need to get more you need to get more depth in the bench or get a better all-star because Draymond Green he's I'm let me rephrase that he's not done playing in the league but being the guy that he's been during those championship runs that that's over he's no longer the, he's the dominant small the ball he's not that guy nope and he can't shoot anymore for some reason like he's He's not that guy. He's proven himself to not be that valuable anymore. He's only valuable when you have Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and Klay Thompson and Iguodala around him. If he's by himself, that man's putting up five, four, and three. Like right? it is what it is at this point,
0: Mister Triple Single. Yup. So, with that being said, I mean, I guess we'll stay on basketball, of course, Marcus wanted to bring up something with the WNBA. I'm not sure. I have been tuning into the games recently, so I'm not well-versed yet, but, um, yeah, I've I've been supporting. Yeah, I
1: mean, mean, it's just a thing where there's just a lot of noise around the WNBA, and it's just like, you know, people are saying it's bad basketball, it's not entertaining. You know, I could beat her on the court. And there, there was like a video going around of a player, and I can't remember her name, but she plays for like the LA team, and she's very attractive. And now, and now people, oh, uh, what,
0: yeah, what now you know, are like,
1: like, "Oh, now I'ma tune in and you know check out the WNBA and all this stuff." And it's Tia a-
0: Cooper is her name, yeah. Uh White Howard's wife. I mean, it, fiance. I'm sorry.
1: Oh really? Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, good for her. Good for her. But uh, yeah, and it's just like you know, it's it's more than that. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's more than just pretty faces and you know nice bodies. It, these these ladies are professional athletes. They're playing a great game, and uh, I just I just think that they do. Their league needs a little bit more support outside of the oh I like the way Candice Parker looks or Skylar Diggins looks. Like they're playing good basketball, and I mean if you notice, like for me on a personal level, I haven't watched. College basketball, men's college basketball, in about seven years because it's. You not- watch
0: the the Fantastic Four or whatever? I don't, what I, mean. four. I
1: don't watch. I don't watch men's college basketball at all. It's not good basketball. It's not entertaining. It's just not a good product to watch. I've watched more WNBA games in the past seven years than college basketball. And if you notice, like when college basketball got canceled. There wasn't a lot of uproar. There wasn't a lot of, oh, we need them out here, like the way they're doing with college football. They're not doing that because, guys, we see the product on the court. It's We're not watching college basketball for the basketball. We're watching it for the atmosphere, for the crowds, for the student section. When you actually watch the pro- – like, could you imagine watching college basketball right now without a crowd? Yeah. Watching a bunch of kids that can't dribble with their left hand, that can barely shoot? Have a three point line that's a lot closer. Like nobody wants to watch that.
2: Okay, watch college basketball for very specific players. Um, so like you watch college basketball to see Zion, you know once every three months or something. You don't watch because you, because you really enjoy. Well, I mean there may be people that really enjoy college basketball, but for the most part, people watch for very specific players, the really good players because they know they're going to be one and done, and so they want to they want to feel like they got a leg up on the on the NBA for the following season. Because hey, I watched this guy play in college. People don't watch college basketball because they truly enjoy college basketball. Yeah. Not a lot
1: of people, at least. The, the game is not good. The, the product isn't good. And I, I saw uh, another good tweet. I got to start writing down these tweets when I see them. But uh, they were saying because today is Kobe Bryant's birthday, and they were saying, you know, don't wish Kobe Bryant a happy birthday today, and then shit on the WNBA tomorrow because he was a big fan of the WNBA. He went to the WNBA games. He, you know, posted them on social media. He took his kids to the games. He was out mentoring players. He was, you know, showing support. He was doing all the things that if you're part of the WNBA, you would want one of the bigger NBA players to be doing out here. And he wasn't. It wasn't a thing where he was doing it for a check. I mean, even if he was, that's fine. But it seemed like he was genuine, genuinely interested in the game and the product that the WNBA had to offer. So you can't be out here, you know, saying, "Oh, Mamba the goat," you know, R.I.P. Mamba, and then the next day talking about, "Oh, the WNBA is trash," because you're, in a sense, disrespecting his memory and legacy. Because so he had a big lie
0: answer. or do what? Like, are we lying or what? What, uh, what? What do you mean?
1: What do you mean? Who's lying?
0: But are we supposed to lie and say the WNBA is great because of Kobe? Like, I don't get it. Because no, WNBA definitely. definitely has some room for improvement in my opinion
2: i think the and correct me if i'm wrong marcus i think what he's saying is to me at least is you could just not talk (laughs) like you just not like it in private you don't need to and people go out of their way to dislike it. it's not just like a casual like criticism like hey it's a really good product here's our place here's places that the WNBA can improve xyz i've been watching been able to analyze and compile these this list of criticisms. It's very much Twitter dweebs who are like, "Oh, the WNBA sucks." And it's like, "Well, how many WNBA games have you seen?" "Oh, I've seen none." It's, okay, well, then you should you're just being annoying at that point. There's to me there's a difference between I've seen the product, I'm invest I'm not I watched the product enough to know that I have these criticisms of what's going on on the court rather than oh, I see a WNBA clip, and instead of just watching it or scrolling by, I have something immediately negative to say.
0: I get it. And, I mean, I I was definitely – I understand where it's coming from and the point. Um, My only thing is, I mean, of course, I'm going to keep it 100 regardless. Uh, As far as the WNBA game is concerned, to me, bringing up college basketball is kind of near where it is, like just minus the dunking. Um, if you're a true fan or a purist, it, it is. It, it's on the level of college basketball. Like, you're going to have good passing for the most part, well-drawn-out plays. Um, if the team's good, it's going to be because of good coaching. There's not like a – like a, there's not an overwhelming amount of athleticism. Now, with college basketball, yeah, you are going to have some guy like a Darius Miles or something, even though he didn't go to college, but just saying that type of player, that can dunk and jump off the gym And then WNBA, you really won't. But if you're a basketball purist, you should like the WNBA. Like, it's going to be some good passing. It's going to be pretty good shooting. Uh, It's going to be well-thought-out plays. There's hustle, different things like that. So with those elements, once again, if you're a basketball purist, you should love the game. Kobe Bryant is a basketball purist. Your casual fans, they really just want to see cross-ups, dunks, wild threes. That's it. So, I mean, that's, like, my only thing with the WNBA. Like I said, as long as you take out the fact that it's not going to be men and superior athleticism with the dunking, it's the same game. So, I mean, I that's mean, just
2: my – Where I look at that at, – well, where people say for dunks – I'll just use dunks as an example. I think that dunks a lot of time is a cop-out for male athletes who can do nothing else but yeah. be tall and dunk. And so with the WNBA, while you do get a lot of those elements, like you said, very pure basketball, watching it, there is a ton of star power and a ton of like interesting players. And like Sabrina Onescu came out and went crazy in her first two or three games in the league. Unfortunately, she was hurt and she's been sidelined for a while. But if you take away the scope of and I know it may be difficult to it's important not to compare the WNBA to the NBA. Because they are not the same league, um, and so you can appreciate the WNBA without the basketball purist standpoint, and just saying that it's different basketball. Like there's not dunking, but there is some. There is still athleticism. There is still amazing. Uh, like I said, star power. There are stories to follow. Um, it, to me, it's a beautiful league to watch. It's completely different than the NBA. The NBA gives me a different, a different type of jolt. Whereas the, the WNBA is really good basketball. The WNBA to me sometimes is very sloppy basketball, to be honest. Um, and I enjoy both leagues. So I mean, I wish that people would take more time to watch and to watch without bias, which I know that is difficult because we have been able to watch the, the NBA for longer. Um, and so I mean, and again, if you don't care to watch, I'm not here to evangelize you and and make you, you know, tape your eyes open and watch a, a Sue Bird play, but I would just ask you to kindly, you know, back yeah. away and, and let the people that do enjoy the game and, and have you know thoughts and opinions about it share those opinions without being, you know, a fourteen year old on AOL chat rooms. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. And, and just to, I do want to make another point really quick with the Tia Cooper thing, and I mean, I heard she's a great player. That was my first time ever seeing her, the one from the Sparks. A lot of guys, come on now, you're making a big deal because you're you're looking at her ass like enjoy the fact that she's a woman that can actually play. Look back at her story. The fact that she was a second round pick, she was cut, uh, took that as motivation to go forward and make the team sparks. And is now a baller making Phoenix look kind of dumb for cutting her for no reason. Like that's the type of stuff that we need to do and stop as we always do sexualizing our black women and looking at her ass so go ahead and go forward Mr Marcus I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry, sorry. <laughs> Mr. Marcus, yeah. I don't know why.
2: there's a whole yeah. other show now <laughs> a whole
1: other thing. Uh, yeah I'm, I mean I'm, I I'm not something I'm not I'm not someone that's saying that oh you know the WNBA is on the same level as the NBA and it needs to you know you need to stop watching the NBA and watch it I'm not saying that I'm saying you can enjoy both I just have an issue with people who they'll see a clip on Twitter or on TV or online, you know, not top 10 plays. And they'll see a a WNBA player on a a fast break and miss a layup. And then they'll spend all day just hammering that one play, just talking about this is why women shouldn't play basketball. This is why I don't watch the WNBA. They're not good enough. They shouldn't be playing. This is why y'all don't get paid enough. This is why your league is struggling. This is all this thing. And they just harp on the one play disregarding everything else that has happened in that whole game or any other games. Also disregarding that men miss layups too. They miss wide open. Steph Curry has done that. I've seen Steph Curry on a fast break, slip and fall and bust his ass with no one around him. I've seen it. And nobody, you know, we harp on it. We make jokes about it, but we're not talking about, Oh, well this is why men should, this is why light-skinned niggas shouldn't play in the NBA. This is why light skinned niggas can't play ball. And we don't do that. You know, we just crack jokes on him. But we're not dismissing and disregarding his ability as a professional athlete. Because that's what they are. And if you, like like Rev says, if you don't like it, you don't have to watch it. Like, the, I feel like the negative comments that I see about the WNBA, 99% of those comments come from people who never watch it. And that's kind of discouraging to me. I Like, it, it's not just – It's discouraging and it's annoying because it's like I've never I've never come on this podcast and talked negative. Well, I did one time, but I actually listened to the music. But before that point, I'd never come on this podcast talking negatively about Taylor Swift's music because I don't listen to it. So why would I shit on something that I don't listen to? That doesn't make sense. Like I, I, I actively do not listen to her music. I actively do not listen to Justin Bieber's music. I don't listen to Justin Timberlake's new music. So I'm not gonna come out here and just shit on it for no reason. That makes me a hater. That's what you are if you do that kind of thing. I'm not I'm, I'm not a hater when it comes to that. So, you know, I don't come on here and talk talk shit about hockey. I don't watch hockey. I'm sure people love hockey. I don't watch it. I'm not gonna, but I'm not gonna give you my opinion on it because I don't watch it. So if you don't watch the WNBA, feel free to shut the fuck up.
0: <laughs> Super simple. That's, that's my only thing. Agreed. And, and um, I forgot the other point I was going to make. But, um, yeah, with the WNBA, like I said, it's, it's the purest form of basketball. To me, it's similar. Like, even honestly, if we're just being completely transparent, college women's basketball is better than college men's basketball, like, I don't know if you guys have ever just sat down and watched the Connecticut game or Tennessee when they were at their their height. Those girls are balling. Like, the execution of plays, uh, the shot making, the teamwork, the dedication, like, all of that. That that is really good basketball. And, I mean, even with Golden State, when they were at their prime, uh, at their peak, it wasn't a lot of dunking. These are guys that can shoot. They were moving around, pacing space, doing different things like that, like, a level of basketball that we don't commonly see. So you can get that in the WNBA. I think the only thing that they really need, and it's too bad that the league started before, well, as she got older, but if they could ever get a Cheryl Miller type of player, they, they blow up. Like Cheryl Miller was a straight up savage. I mean, if you guys don't know, I know you guys know what I'm saying. People listening uh, it's Reggie Miller's sister. And she would dog him. She would dog other players. She she was just she was badass. And that's the one thing that I think. Um, and I had tweeted this was weeks ago uh, with a um, another female, and we were talking, and she was like, "Well, what do you have to do to get it on that level?" And I was saying that all they need is they need their Michael Jordan in the WNBA, and I felt like. Gigi Bryant. I mean, I watched like some of the clips of her play and she did seem good. I can't, she had the name recognition to be that. But I mean, unfortunately, due to her untimely demise, she's no longer with us. That's all they need. If they can get their Michael Jordan, because I know that a lot of people now, us millennials, we were young when it happened. The NBA was dying. Like Magic and Bird came and saved it. Michael Jordan took it and took it to the next stratosphere prior to them, it was dead. Like nobody was really watching the NBA. They had like syndicated television and take games and stuff like that. Like that's all the WNBA needs. They just need one person that's a stone cold killer. Like imagine if they had a, a woman putting up these stats that Luca put up tonight or hitting yeah. daggers in the best defenders faces and things like that. I mean, I thought Tarasi was going to be out there. go ahead. I'm sorry. No, 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 it's cool. I think that, again, that's where you have to kind of
2: separate the NBA from the WNBA, whereas the WNBA is a much slower type of basketball, not not boring slow, but they just play the game a bit slower. And so it is a little difficult for somebody to put up, you know, 40 points a game because the game is just not paced like that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, of course, every league could, could benefit for, from some star power. Um, and I think that the more attention that you bring to women's hoops, um, even from the high school level, if we just start in the NBA, you follow these guys from high school, from their ninth grade year. We, how long have you heard about Bronny? We've watched Bronny be like a, a literal kid. Sixth grade, fifth grade, yeah. right? Really? We've seen Bronny play for the majority of his life. And so by the time he gets to the NBA, we've already formed a relationship with Bronny. And so we think like, Hey, yeah, we've got a big star name. Um, same thing with LeBron. We watched LeBron for a very long time all the way up until the NBA. So I think that where the WNBA a criticism that I have is where they could get better with stories. So we might feel like there is some star power in the league if we would have been able to follow Sue Bird or Tarasi or Griner or anyone, Neca if we had followed any one of them from when they were hooping in high school all the way up till now. And so the WNBA has to get better with creating those stories, um, giving us players to invest in, players that we get to watch that we don't just see in their senior year and tourney. And then we, they pop up in there in the WNBA game. No, we need to see these players and their maturation throughout so that when we, we finally get to the biggest stage in women's hoops, we can say, oh, snap, Tarasi's is a killer. Like, oh, here comes Jackson, the name I just made up. She's a killer. We watched her for our, her whole career. She's amazing. Look at these stats, blah, 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 blah. Look at the maturation here. A lot of us are being introduced to these players for the first time. So,
1: And it also takes, to, to build up these leagues, it's going to take some time. Mm-hmm. It's just, this is the same thing. This is the same issue, not issue, but the UFC kind of had the same problem when uh, Ronda, Rousey, Ronda Rousey first made her appearance. Like it was just her, and she was dominating because the rest of the talent in the women's division wasn't that good. But over time, women started getting better, and like other women started getting got started getting more opportunities, and now the women's division is wide open. Now the women. Are having better main events than the men fights in, in UFC. Now their fights are bigger, bigger names, more talented, uh, you know, better, more entertaining. So it just takes time. And that's kind of what the WNBA just needs. Like, you know, you look at the NBA, you you needed players like Michael Jordan and Shaq to kind of breed the younger guys, to to breed someone like a Colby Bryant or Nalan Iverson. Then in turn, he breeds lebron james and dwayne wade and then he breezes zion and jason tatum and it, it just goes on and on but we we haven't really had the WNBA hasn't had that amount of time yet to really develop you know their players and and, and to grow the game they're still growing but it, it's gonna take some time it's not gonna happen overnight and you know it is what it is at this point and, and like like they were saying like you know you need other professionals to kind of big them up, and that's what Kobe Bryant was doing. And just just real quick, uh, I don't know if we're gonna stay on the WNBA, but uh, I was watching uh, Spider Man, the second one, Spider Man Far From Home, and there was there's like a part in the beginning where Spider Man he's just like he's he's very stressed out because everybody is talking to him about, you know, being the next Iron Man and all these things. And he's trying to just like get away from everything. And there's like these Iron Man murals on the buildings where he lives at and just Iron Man is everywhere. And I was just watching, I was like, just thinking about like, man, it's gotta, it's gotta suck to see somebody that you had a personal relationship, like die and no longer be here. Mm -hmm. And then all these people, are doing all these things to celebrate that person. And they didn't really have a personal relationship with them, like they didn't know this guy. They didn't know Iron Man like you did. They didn't know the Tony Stark that you knew. But I mean, and, and that's not to say that it they, he didn't have an impact on their life, but you didn't know this man. I knew this guy and now he's gone. And you're just kind of, you're not throwing it in my face in a malicious way, but that's kind of how it is. And I was thinking, I'm like, man, that's probably how like you know, Laura London and Vanessa Bryant feel knowing that you know their husbands and, and boyfriends are gone. And you, you know, you see these fan pages and murals painted all over the cities. And then like the like I was thinking about that. And then the very next day, like today, because it was yesterday, I was watching it. And today is Kobe Bryant's birthday. And I'm like, if you're on the internet, if you're on Twitter, Instagram, anything, it's just Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant, like non-stop. And like I couldn't, I couldn't. I couldn't imagine being somebody that actually knew him, that had a relationship, trying to function and being on the internet like mentally, because that's a lot to deal with. Like, you know, it like if like like Hal Gasol, he knew Kobe Bryant. Like they were best, like I don't want to say best friends, but they were really good friends. And it's just like all day, every day, it's just Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant, and like he's gone. And I understand, like you know, people like people like us, we grew up watching Kobe Bryant, he had an impact on our lives. We loved watching him play. We loved uh, him, you know, being a champion, being an Olympian, being, you know, Black Mamba, Nike, all of this stuff. And we love that. But we, we gotta, we gotta remember that, you know, there's other people out there that actually knew him. And like, just, I just think we just gotta be cognizant of what we're, what we're posting on that. Because, like, he 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 was a real person that had real friends and real family, and there, you know that they they are. And it 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 might sound somewhat hypocritical with you know the Herman Cain thing two weeks ago, but you know this wasn't something that was a plan. Like this was more of an accident. What happened with Herman Cain was more was uh, arrogance and ignorance on his part. But I, I'm I, I'm not even really sure what I'm trying to say. Like. Yeah. I don't want to say I don't want to say stop showing them love cuz that's what everybody's doing at. there's I haven't seen a negative post about Kobe Bryant since he passed. I haven't seen anything negative said about Nipsey. But it's just like it's a, it, it would it, it would I guess I'm putting myself in in the family shoes. Like it would be a lot for me to just every time I get on the internet, I'm reminded that the person that I love the most is gone. And it's not coming back like that. That'd be tough to deal with for me.
2: Yeah. So I, I, mean, I just
1: just think about that kind of stuff.
2: Most of us um, have the privilege of and I do mean privilege of mourning in private when we lose people um, where we kind of just share it with an insular group of friends. Um, they don't. Yeah. Vanessa Bryant, when Kobe first passed, she had to like. her page on private not because she was being attacked or anything but she was being bombarded with like fans underneath her comments um just kind it's like it's you like you said it's a really tough constant reminder that you know somebody as polarizing while he did touch a lot of people like that was your person um and so he's gone so yeah i agree being very um cognizant of what you share with those families i mean and you can you can apply that to your your normal life and the regular people you meet every day just being cognizant of what you share with those families um, what you tag them in? I know we like to tag each other and stuff, but like you don't really need to tag Vanessa Bryant or you know any. You don't need to tag Powell or anybody who's close to Kobe in any of your posts when you're in group um, because that they don't need a reminder <laughs> who Kobe was. They knew who Kobe was. So exactly. you know they know who Gigi was. You don't need to remind them about Gigi. You don't need to remind Lauren about Nipsey. And let people you know live, live their lives more in private she's very gracious Vanessa is to share those moments with us and like those birthday shout outs to Kobe she doesn't have to um, I think she knows that we all had an affection for Kobe um, and so she kind of goes out of her way to share those things with us um, but we don't need to we don't need to share our pain with Vanessa I'm sure she's she's got her own
1: yeah she is you know definitely what? handling the situation better than than I would I would yeah. not be handling this that
0: well at all i know for me as a person who you know i went through a death in the family uh with my father less than a year ago and uh one of the things of course it's a way 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 smaller scale but um even like for the first initial few days uh you are getting a lot of and like i said once again way smaller scale but you are getting constant text messages constant calls Uh, RIPs on on this social media, that social media. So I also, even from a smaller scale, had to kind of log off of the social media. So I couldn't even imagine what those people are going through because it's like, even now it's been about, we're in month 10 now, going on month 11 and still like, you know, the, the holidays will come or like Father's Day or something like that. And you'll just see stuff periodically. And it's like, you know, it's a constant reminder that they're not here anymore. And for some people, they thrive in those situations. Some people like to see you showing love and different stuff like that. But some people are really trying to kind of bury their feelings. So it kind of just rehashes old emotions and stuff like that. So I would say. Uh, Be very wary of of what you post, especially if it's directly to the family. Um, As always, respect their privacy. Um, But I definitely can empathize with them because, like I said, even from just a smaller perspective, I mean, I had like hundreds of comments and all kinds of stuff. I'm like, geez, Louise. And we all, I'm sure, here have had like a tweet to blow up. I know Marcus has. And it's like, you know, you get a tweet that blows up on Twitter and it's like you get notifications nonstop and i know for mine that blew up it was like maybe 6000 likes or something like that and it was like my phone was just nonstop mm-hmm. going so imagine that and then multiply that to the hundreds and you're probably getting maybe what Vanessa Bryant and the other people that are close and and Lauren London and different things like that so just just you know respect their privacy i definitely understand that as far as Kobe is concerned mm-hmm. You know, of course, happy birthday. I, I knew he was probably an August baby. I didn't assume it was 823, and, you know, he's 8 and 24, but it's still cool. Uh, definitely big big ups to Los Angeles for having uh, Kobe Bryant Day. Um, sad that you had to go so soon. Like we all know, this is the only incident of its type for a legendary player, a Hall of Fame player, um, to have passed this early. Like this is something that doesn't normally happen. Um, I just hated that he didn't get as much of his flowers as when he was alive. I mean, of course he had his diehards. But um, yeah, he'll he'll always be remembered and missed. Sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. Just gotta you don't have to tweet everything. Like we get it. We get it. You love Kobe Bryant. Like, but let's maybe send some of those to the draft. Like it doesn't need to be every day with that. Yeah.
0: All right, and I think that's all for the day. Any parting shots? Uh, well, just, just
1: real quick, I have a few quick quick questions for Red before we wrap up, because we're not gonna go into it, but I just got a few quick questions, all right? So, how many people do you have to rape to be considered a rapist? One. How many people do you have to murder to be considered a murderer? One. <laughs> How many children do you have to molest to be considered a child molester? One. How many people do you have to abuse to be considered an abuser? One. All righty.
0: right. Don't look over at me because I know oh. what you're trying to do. No. It does. No. To me, you can have one. That's the, I instance. thought we were wrapping up. What happened? <laughs> no, no, no. But you can have one offenses. Like, if I killed somebody tonight, yeah, I'm a murderer, but I'm not a serial killer. It's you know, oh,
1: well, not the same thing, though.
0: It's not the same thing. But if it's an abuser, if... Okay, so I was abused once.
1: So, so we're not, not wrapping up? we
0: going keep We had an incident. I don't think that you can have a one-off issue and not be an abuser. I don't... But I don't think that
2: one-off instances exist, at least not to me. I, I mean, a lot of abusers, I would venture to say the majority of abusers, without any you know data to back that up, I'm just... Spitballing, those aren't things that you do once. <laughs> abuse, so maybe you did it once the first time, and then like it became a pattern of behavior for you. Like, Chris Brown isn't just an abuser once, he has a storied history of abuse. To bring up the small man who I won't name, he had a history of abuse, like prior to
0: small oh, man. Oh, okay, check it, check it, yeah. He
2: had a history of abuse prior to this last incident. So, like, abusers don't just be like, oh, I blew up one time, my bad, I'm so sorry. Like, this, it's usually a pattern of behavior.
0: Okay, I I can agree with that. Like I said, I kind of feel like for some of those things I agree, um, with the abuser, if there's no pattern, it could just be a one-off instance. Not saying it always is, but it could be. And hopefully whoever is dating that girl that put their hands on me. Hopefully, you seek help too, sir. Yeah, hopefully you you aren't you know in a relationship with another abuser. Mm-hmm. They all can just abuse each other. And I ain't with it.
2: I would like to say, and we didn't get a chance to talk about this, so I'll just say it as my closing words: Jay Z, that song was awful. Oh, y'all oh, forgot man. about that. Oh. That's almost so bad. Oh, my God. Please don't. I, well, I, I, I'll,
0: I'll, go ahead, I'll, I'll let y'all touch on that real quick. I'll be right back. But y'all go ahead and touch on that Jay-Z <sighs> and Pharrell, which is usually money, by the way. Yes. Go ahead and talk about that.
2: Oh, so I think he was trying to do what his wife did in Black Parade, where Black Parade was uh, very much like celebratory of Black culture. And it was very it was a fun song. Not, you know, like anything substantive. But, you know, whatever. It was a fun song. Black Parade was cool entrepreneurship i think this song was called yeah i first of all skipped through all of pharrell's like first minute of whatever he was doing and then it just repeats black man black man black man like 46 times so i skipped through all of that and then jay-z's verse came and i remember triples on twitter saying don't flare up over the line listen to the entire verse i was like you know what Totally valid. Let me, you know, save my criticism. Let me listen to the entire verse. The verse is not good. (laughs) Like, it was bad. I mean, I have several criticisms. The fact that the song was centered around Black men in relation to entrepreneurship. Like, Black women aren't leading in that department. This It's also out of touch, considering where both of these men are in their careers. Like, the question about Black Twitter. When you tweet, do you get paid? Or does Jack get paid? Like, when people tweet their businesses... It may not turn into tangible checks from Twitter.com, but it does turn into revenue. I've seen so many businesses grow off a of tweet. Jackie, Ino, who is like one of my favorite, you know, beauty gurus. She tweeted, all she had to do was tweet, hey, I'm dropping something. Here's what the Instagram is. We had no idea what this was going to be, but she built a very, at least, you know, initially, I and mean, we will, it remains to be seen what the business will look like going forward. But she built a very big cult following off of Twitter, Um, which led to a successful launch of a candle line. So, like, I think the song was a bit out of touch. Um, I think that Jay-Z is moving, and I'm not, this isn't, he could drop a phenomenal song tomorrow and, you know, this wouldn't apply. But I think he's moving into a space that is very out of touch with, like, current trends and current culture. Um, And so, you know, he should have maybe left this one in the drafts.
1: Yeah, I mean, at, in the the line that he was saying, he he said, uh, "Black Twitter, what's that?" When Jack gets paid, do you for everyone Gucci support to Fubu's stuff like that? And it it just it 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 seemed kind of dismissive the whole Black Twitter thing, where it's like, you know, you guys make Twitter popular, but are you getting paid for them from them? Like, no, Jay Z, we're not billionaires. I'm sorry. Like, I don't know what you want us to do. Like, I'm sorry. I cannot. You know. I cannot get Twitter to pay me, but if I had a business and I was tweeting about it, there is opportunity for you to grow your bit. Like, don't just. It sounds dismissive because, like you said, there are people that are on Twitter that are able to grow their own personal businesses by using Twitter to their advantage. So it's it seems like he's a little bit out of touch. Like he does have a Twitter, but he he rarely tweets. Like oh. if at all, like he tweets like once a year. So he doesn't really know, you know, the impact that Twitter does have. And I, I personally, I, I didn't really have that big of a problem with his verse as far as him saying, you know, you know, uh, you know, support Gucci, but support two two FUBU's, you know, support more black owned businesses. And that is something that we as a community should do. We should support our own, uh, you know, businesses, but it also kind of it there's two sides to it. It kind of rings hollow because throughout his career. He has bigged up major white corporations, major white companies, uh, car companies, alcohol companies,
2: clothing lines. He did it Um, within the same song. Is Duce Black owned? Is is Ace of Spades Black owned? Like are these, he kind of contradicted himself within the verse. Yeah,
1: and then there's there's the other side of the coin where it's like, hey, I did that. I, I was someone that didn't support FUBU the way I should've or supported any other black business the way I should've. So I'm telling you, I'm trying to teach you something as far as, you know, uh, supporting your your local businesses, local black restaurants and entrepreneurs and podcasts and stuff like that. So there's two sides to it. My biggest issue, the chorus is, is terrible for whatever Pharrell is doing, like the whispering, it's awful. What his verse is just unlistenable. The beat is okay if you if there's nothing. If you just gave me the instrumental, I'm cool with just that. But as soon as Pharrell starts talking and rapping, just kill me. Nah, don't kill me, but the song is bad. It's not a good song. I don't know what Pharrell has planned because this is, this is a Pharrell song. So I'm guessing there's a project that comes with this. And if this is what you're leading out with, I'm not looking forward to what you have in store for us because it sounds like torture.
2: Yeah. I mean, I just, I wasn't a fan of it overall. I mean, you know, I I get what he was trying to say. And I think this is something that uh, tying back to Twitter that a lot of people, I could say myself included at times have a problem, which is trying to share information without being condescending. And so a lot of the song came off like a very, like I'm talking down to you people who have not quite reached my status of billionaire, how are you enjoying being on this internet platform and not making any money from it? I'm like, Jay-Z, I work 40 hours this week. I'm just tweeting about basketball, bro.
0: Just <laughs> <laughs> and Jay-Z You're- is not part owner of Ducey, so just uh, Okay, cool. So it <laughs> kind of makes sense now, because I, I, uh, Jake verse. remember when he was like, when uh, talk, he was talking about drinking Henny, and then he said, when hoes around, we switch up to that Ducey. Mm-hmm. So... I know he
1: supports he supports Sirac also, but that's that's uh Puffy's uh liquor line, I believe. So I mean he I'm not saying that Jay-Z doesn't support anything black, but most of the black stuff he publicly supports is stuff that makes him money or makes his friends money. You know, like I'm sorry, I don't have a joint deal with Netflix and Disney. Like I don't have that. Like I've been, you know, I've had my tweets mentioned in complex before, but that's about it. Like that's as good as I, I think I got the CNN one time, but uh yeah, I don't have a, a, a partnership. I'm not working hand in hand with Twitter.com or Instagram or Disney or Netflix or anything, you know. So I'm I'm working on it. I will I will listen to this song. Hopefully, one day I'll be able to have lunch with you. <laughs> and what about? <laughs> nah, because if I have lunch with Jay-Z, he'll teach me how to get 50K and to double that 50K. So I don't need that 50K. I just need to have, you know, an hour lunch with Jay-Z and I'll be fine. I'll, have, I'll be set for life. Honestly, if I had lunch with Jay-Z, I probably wouldn't even talk about money. I would probably just talk to him about, like, his beef with Nas and, like, the making of American Gangster. And if he's ever going to make music with Kanye West again. That's probably all I would want to talk about. And that's uh,
0: three, that's uh, Kanye West mentioned number four, so yeah. Hey, I probably would just ask about Beyonce,
2: he wouldn't want to have a bunch of me anyway, because so. <laughs> I'm gonna ask about Beyonce,
1: I'd ask him, like, what's what something I'm, there's got to be something there's something weird about Beyonce, like, there's something that she does that's like hella weird, That he's oh. like, really.
2: No, Beyonce is very weird. Like the high nose, Beyonce is a little strange. <laughs> I, I, I want, I want, be- I want Beyonce to be like the
1: Beyonce that we see, and I know we're we're going way over, but the Beyonce that is presented to us is like Beyonce trademark. I don't want, I'm, t- I don't want to see that Beyonce anymore. Beyonce has reached the point in her career where no matter what she does, no matter what she says. Her, the fans of hers are not going anywhere I, I just like for one year i want her to just be herself in public you know what i'm saying like i'm talking about like at the grammys like i want her to pull because you you know when like someone gets an album of the year award that she knows she should have got that everybody in that building knows she should have got i want her to like sit in the crowd like cross her arms Roll her eyes as Taylor Swift gets up there and wins another undeserved award. Like I wanna see that side of her because I know it's there. And no one would Like everybody would understand, like, you know, what is something like weird or like kooky that she does like in public that people would be like, Really? Beyonce does it? Huh. I wouldn't I'll, guess.
2: I'll just say this one last thing and I promise this is it, at least for me. Beyonce, if you... And you may have to, like, go back to some some instances to notice this, but Beyonce is very, like, awkward socially sometimes. So she will just smile at you with a very blank look on her face because yeah. she's completely tuned out of whatever was going on around her. So sometimes you'll catch Beyonce, like, okay, while they are here, near her and she's just, like, in a whole nother world. And she has a very goofy, like... Sometimes she'll get a little goofy and you're like, okay, Beyonce, you okay? So... <laughs>
1: Yeah, when she's courtside at basketball games, that's pretty much as close as we get. But I you know what? I'd like to see her get on Instagram live just one time. Just for like 30, just like 30 minutes. Just get on there and just just talk. Answer questions. Just get on there. Just have fun. But Beyonce new trademark is on there all the time. We always get that one.
0: All right. And so wrapping things up and putting a bow on it. Any shout outs? Anything else? No, shout out to Misha Green. I, I have to make it a point
2: today. Misha Green first. Uh, Misha Green, Jordan Peele, JJ Abrams, all the guys and the, the the amazing people over at HBO for Lovecraft Country. Amazing show. Can't wait to finish the series and to read the book, which I should be doing you know, sometime in September. So,
1: uh, Just shout out to South Breeze. Shout out to El Chapa. Shout out to Gift Queen. Josh, it was just birthday yesterday, I believe. Uh, Amber... Uh just uh anybody that rocks with us, man, just keep keep retweeting it, keep listening. Uh at us, man. We're super interactive on Twitter, man. If you if you disagree or agree with any of our takes, man, if you at us, we will at you back and we will chop it up with you all day. So appreciate the support.
0: Oh yes, and so I wanna this is I have a little under an hour and a half left before I start this 30-day all juice fast. So uh if y'all just wanna shout out or support a nigga in his journey. Uh, Definitely do so. Uh, Today I weighed myself from 232. Goal is get to 199 by 10.7 of 20. That is the anniversary of my father's passing. Uh, And uh, appreciate everybody for the support. Uh, Definitely shout out to El Chapa. You're definitely not forgotten. Uh, Shout out to South Breeze. Uh, I don't know what the hell he was doing, but and I haven't heard from him in a few days either, so who knows? But shout out to him at Wapalot or Wapalot Records. Uh, thanks to everybody for just tuning in and just, you know, always keeping a trail with us. Uh, yeah, we're the KTSC Ave Podcast, and we're out. Believe Black Women.